0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com.
1: From Hollywood, it's time now for...
2: Johnny Dollar. This is Peter Hardy at TriWestern Property and Casualty Insurance. Hi, how are things in the Golden West? You still in Reno? Sure I am. Good boy. What goes, Pete? A little trouble with a big dairy farm out here, Johnny. Armenian dairy. Okay, Pete. Tell me all. A year and a half ago, in a fire, a median lost one of his silos. You know, one of those big towers where they store and cure a lot of chopped up corn and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. Cost us $21,000. $21,000 for a silo? This time, it's a compound silo, and the claim is for $56,000. Hold. But I don't want to pay it. I don't blame you. Sure, because, Johnny, I think it was Arson. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Tri-Western Property and Casualty Insurance Company, Reno, Nevada, office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the doubtful dairy matter. Expense account item one, 141.20, transportation and incidentals, Hartford to Reno, Nevada. It was about 9 a.m. when I arrived, so I checked into the Mapes Hotel, then walked over to Pete Hardy's office. Armenian Dairies is just north of here, Johnny, in Warm Springs Valley off Route 33. Well, then I'd better rent me a car. Or you can use mine. Now, now, Pete, how can I run up my expense account unless I have something to run it up with? Johnny, for once... T- uh-uh. Anyhow, the reason why these silos Armenian has are so expensive... Is that the owner's name, by the way? Yes, Aram Armenian. And I take it he's Armenian? Strangely enough, No. Now, he's had all his silos very specially built. Oh, how specially can you build a silo? Just a concrete base, a lot of long wooden staves to get the circular shape, and a good roof on top. Well, he has some trick with them inside. Like what? That's his deep, dark secret. But he claims it makes better silage for his cattle than is possible anywhere else in the world. And one of these things burned up a year and a half ago. The word exploded best describes it. Yeah. And, as I said, cost us 21000 And now the replacement has gone up in flames. Yes, day before yesterday. He filed the claim the same day. Well, why do you suspect arson? Did the local authorities find anything suspicious? No, but you go out and talk with the Johnny. And if you don't end up with the same kind of feeling I have, well, I'll leave my shirt. Expense account item two, $50. Deposit on a drive-your-own car. Finding the Armenian Darien Ranch some 20 miles north of the city was easy. It was spread out all over the countryside. Hundreds of acres of well-irrigated, lush, green pastures. Square in the middle of the ranch sat one of the cleanest, most modern dairies I ever saw. Aram Amenian gave me the grand tour, and I must say I was impressed. There was close to 200 well-kept Guernseys in the main barn, which was clean as a whistle. The milking machines, coolers, separators, clarifiers, and so on were the same. Yep, a prosperous-looking setup. Finally, Mr. Amenian took me out to where a small group of workmen were cleaning up what was left of his compound silo.
1: As you can see, Mr. Dollar, only the concrete base is left.
2: That must have been a pretty big silo, Mr. Emenian. That's yes, the largest and most
1: efficient in the entire West. Still, $56,000. Oh, the size had nothing to do with that. It was the inner construction, known only to Barnwell, the man who built it for me, and to myself, of course. Oh, what was so special about it? Principally a method of venting. Benting? Yes, it increases the phosphorus and lactic acid content. Well, I thought the point in a silo was to keep it pretty well sealed up. Benting within, Mr. Dollar. But that's all I'll tell you about it. It cost me $56,000 to have Barnwell build it. And I wish the company to pay my claim as quickly as possible, because I'm starting construction new one immediately.
2: Of the same type?
1: Oh, vastly improved type. Oh, then it was to your advantage to lose the old one.
2: Just what do you mean by that? Your loss came at just the right time, didn't it? Now, just a minute, Dollar. With the insurance money, you can build a new and better one. And when it gets out of date, I suppose you'll have another fire. Oh,
1: I see. You, uh, you think perhaps these last two were deliberately set? Were they? Ridiculous. Is it? But if they were, yeah. if they were, I certainly wouldn't know it. Oh, come on now! After what you've just said, and what's more, Mr. Dollar, I'm sure you'll never be able to prove it. <clears throat> Act 2 of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment.
2: We sometimes wonder, what is the life of a human being really worth? Not too much? Or maybe a great deal? Does it depend on whose life it is? Whatever the answer, one thing is certain. Fred Hargesheimer, since World War II, has felt that his life is worth quite a lot. Quite a lot of gratitude. During the war in the Pacific, about June of 1943... Lieutenant Hargesheimer had his P-38 fighter plane shot out of the sky. Badly wounded, he bailed out over a tiny island, New Britain. It looked pretty small from where he hit the silk, but he found it much bigger when he hit the ground. It was bigger and in complete control of the enemy. But Hargesheimer was lucky. After a month of lonely hiding, he was found by a group of friendly natives from the village of Nantambu. They cared for him. And successfully hid him from enemy patrols for the next four months at the risk of their own lives. Then Hargesheimer was able to make it back to civilization. For the next 17 years, Fred Hargesheimer thought about those wonderful people of Nantambu. 12,000 miles away in the United States of America, Hargesheimer put a great plan into effect. He made speeches, took up collections, sold jewelry belonging to his family and worked out a way to bring a bit of civilization and happiness to the little village of Nantambu. Needless to say, the villagers gave him a spectacular welcome upon his return. Fred Hargesheimer showed his gratitude to the people who had saved his life. But life is worth little without freedom, the right of all men, everywhere. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Doubtful Dairy Matter. By what he said and the way he said it. Aram Amenian was practically challenging me to find out how Arson was involved in the destruction of his $56,000 secretly constructed compound silo. Expense account item three phone call from a gas station on Highway 33 to Reno Police Headquarters. But Lieutenant Brady of the Arson Squad assured me he'd failed to find anything indicating the fire was set. So dead end. Until I remembered a little trick that had worked for me before and might work again. Item four twenty-seven cents for a loaf of white bread at a grocery store along the highway.
1: Then I drove back to the Armenian Ranch. If I'd known you were hungry, Mr. Dollar, I should have had something provided for you at the ranch house, in spite of your rather nasty attitude about this loss of mine.
2: Food oh, is the last thing I'm thinking of, Mr. Amenian.
1: Well, then why this loaf of bread, if you're not... Whoop! Now, oh, oh. let's see. Oh, now, surely you're not going to eat the piece that dropped in the ashes. Nope. For now. No. Then get it out of your mouth, man. Well, mm-hmm. Whatever in the world
2: are you doing, Mr. Dollar? Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. You knew what? A sure, a sure test for kerosene, Mr. Armenian. What? Yeah, fresh bread dropped in the ashes of a fire even days after the fire is out. I don't understand. I can still taste the kerosene. And, mister, it
1: makes things look pretty bad for you. Me? Oh, good heavens, man, you can't. Dollar, I resent this this completely unfounded accusation. Go right ahead and resent.
2: Or better still, let me get hold of a stenographer and you can dictate a confession. Get out of here. Want to do it the hard way,
1: huh? Get off this ranch, Dollar. Now leave. Immediately. Sure.
2: And I warn you, don't come back. Because if you do... Better be careful, Mr. Armenian. The kind of a threat you're about to make wouldn't sound very good in court. Get out. Get out. (laughs) Get out. Out on the highway, I stopped at the mobile gas station again and made another phone call. Item five, another 20 cents. It was to my old friend, Herb Carlbert, cashier of Reno's Farm Trade National Bank. It was past closing time, but he promised to leave a door open for me. So I grabbed a sandwich and a Coke along the way. That's item six, 80 cents, including tip. Then at the bank, Herb led me back to his private office. Well, sit down, Johnny. Tell me all about yourself. Yeah, later, Herb. We'll go out on the town and talk our heads off. Right now, I need some information. I hope you can tell me where to get him. Oh? Information about what? The Armenian dairy. Or better still, Armenian himself. You know him? Oh, I certainly do. We're his bank. His happens to be one of the best accounts we have, especially in our investment department. You mean it's big? (laughs) Funny big. Like how much? Well, now, Johnny. I'll tell you this. If I had a quarter of his net worth, I'd have retired long ago. No big outstanding debts on his place? Anything like that? Not a penny. Aram's financial condition is his... Now, wait a minute. Yeah? That fire and explosion of his compound silo? Yeah, that's right. Herb, I've found evidence indicating arson. Well, certainly, aren't accusing him. Who else? Oh, no, 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 you're wrong. Oh, now, look, Herb, he filed that claim so fast. It's the most natural thing in the world for him. It's the way he does everything, like paying his bills immediately on receipt. He works that way. You expect everybody else to. Well, he gave me the impression he wanted to collect quickly in order to have money for rebuilding. Of course, rather than cash in some of this blue-chip investment. Herb, somebody fired that silo. Well, it certainly wouldn't be Aaron. Ah, uh, You sound like you're in cahoots with him. <laughs> what about his employees? From my impression of the man, They seems... love him like a father, every one of them. And if every employer was as generous as he is, there wouldn't be any labor troubles in this country. Well, the fact remains that somebody somehow stood to profit by destroying that silo. And the one before it. Well, I can't imagine who. Even his competitors like and respect the man. Oh, so they say. No, no, no. They do. He's helped them stay on their feet during hard times, developed new ideas and methods, then passed them on to them. Oh, the factory man! But Johnny. Johnny, I've had a rough day. How about a nice, cool, casual drink? Then we'll have dinner and take in the to town. Oh. Item 7, 2130, for drinks and a good dinner back at the Mapes. But I didn't enjoy either. Because Herb and his defense of a median was no help at all. Except perhaps for giving me a list of all the people he could think of who did business with him. I decided to check them all first thing in the morning. Finally, about midnight, having lost our share at a couple of the nearby gambling clubs, we parted. Herb drove away to his home on the outskirts of town. I went back to the Mapes. Uh, take Mr. and Mrs. Kenworthy to room 314, boy. Yes. yes, sir. What's t- Oh, Mr. Dolly. Uh, oh, just my key, please. Certainly, sir. Here you are, sir. And I hope you enjoy a pleasant night's rest. Thanks. Oh, by the way, there was a gentleman here looking for you early this evening. Uh, hung around quite a while. Said he'd be back. Well, who was he? Well, he didn't give his name, sir, nor did he wish to leave a message. Mr. Amenian? Mr. Amenian the dairyman? Oh, no, sir. I'm quite sure. Okay, thanks. Yes, sir. Good night. Good night, sir. Oh, Mr. Dollar. Yeah. There he is. There. Huh? Going out the door, the dark brown coat. You're sure? Yes, sir. The same man. I wonder. Yeah, so do I. But
0: but if he knows you, sir, and saw you.
2: By the time I got out the front door, the man in the brown coat was halfway down the block and walking fast. Faster and faster, as a matter of fact, as I gained on him. He turned the corner, and by this time, both of us were running.
1: Hey! Hey! Were you looking for me?
2: By the end of three or four blocks, it was a real foot race. Then suddenly he turned into an alley, and like a darn fool, I plunged into the darkness of it after him. Hey! Hey! Right here! Oh,
0: no, you...
1: of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment.
2: Our flag now numbers 50 stars, and behind each star there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. New Hampshire state flag carries its state seal on a field of dark blue. The seal is surrounded by a wreath of laurel leaves, the symbol of peace, interspersed with nine stars because New Hampshire was the ninth state to join the Union. The heart of the state seal is a representation of the frigate Raleigh, recalling the glory of the early days of sale. New Hampshire state flag, the flag of the ninth state to enter the Union, was adopted on April 29, 1931.
1: And now, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the doubtful dairy matters.
2: If it hadn't been for a big interstate moving van that drove into the alley where I'd been waylaid, well, I have a strong hunch I wasn't supposed to have lived through that beating. The truck driver, who absolutely refused a tip incidentally, half-walked, half-carried me back to the Mapes. And the desk clerk had a doctor in my room within a few minutes. A terrible thing. A terrible thing, Mr. Dahl. You're being attacked like this. And of course, I'll have to make a report of it at the police. Oh, do anything you like, no, doctor. No. Just, oh. Just get me patched up, will you? And you eat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you have no idea who could have done this to do you. Believe me, I intend to find out. Judging by this swollen hand of yours, you got in some good licks, though, and whoever... Huh. What's the matter? Well, this is a very unusual ring you're wearing. Oh, some kids in the YMCA gave it to me a couple of years ago. I them with a softball team. Oh, yes, of course. That's the Y insignia. Yeah, one of them made it. And the three raised points stand for spirit, body, and mind. Yeah, Sorry. that's right. Well, now if you just... Oh, wait. What's that for? to make sure you get plenty of rest. Oh, no, no. Now, hey, I'm the doctor. Roll up your sleeve, please. Here, I'll do it. Look, if this shot leaves me groggy in the morning... you wake up feeling fine. There you are. Incidentally, that ring... Listen, before you notify the police... Oh, hey, this... This shot works pretty fast. Yep. As I started to say, if if that ring of yours didn't leave a mark on whomever you defended yourself against out there in the
0: alley, I'll be very much surprised.
2: In a few seconds, I was out like a light. But then a whole set of weird dreams began to plague my somewhat battered mind, and questions about who would attack me and why. Only the why was only too obvious to keep me from finding an arsonist who, yeah, Yeah, who probably bore the mark of my ring on his kisser. I thought of the names Herb had given me and his insistence that none of them could be guilty. Wait a minute. There was one name he hadn't mentioned, but a median had, of one man who stood to gain a lot by the destruction of the silos. Or maybe it was just a crazy hunch, part of the wild dreams that came from the beating I'd taken. In any event... In the morning, as soon as the bank was open, I was in Herb Carlbert's office again. Well, yes, he has an account here, too, Johnny. At least he did before. How about loans? Has this man we're talking about taken out any loans? Well, yes, but, now, Johnny, you know I can... Yeah, I know, I know. The fact remains, he's pretty hard up for dough, isn't he? Well, I didn't say that. Although, of course, if that's the conclusion you choose to draw... Tell me this. He owes the bank money now, doesn't he? Yeah. All right. Did he also owe the bank a lot of money about a year and a half ago? Johnny. Yeah. Well, Johnny, you're right, but who would have suspected? And when you consider that Aram Amenian is the one man who has given him money for all the work he's... I can't believe it. Herb, it started out as a pure hunch, but right now I'd bet my... Where can I find him? Well, if Aram plans to go ahead with new construction, he's probably... Sure, sure. Out there at the dairy. You want to come along? Well, Maybe I'd better after the way Aram threatened you. I guess I owe him an apology for the way I tore into him. Let's go. Johnny. Yeah? What? What if we're wrong? What if this man we think is the arsonist... Will you agree that the firebug is the same man who attacked me in the alley? I suppose so. Then we'll soon know. Because believe me, he's a marked man. We made the Amenian terry in 30 minutes flat, and we're told at the gate that Aram Amenian was in the pasteurizing plant. Maybe you better let me talk to Aram first, Johnny. It's not Aram that I'm interested in, Herb, and you know it. Oh, just a minute. Huh? What's the matter? Hold it a second, will you while well, I tie my ice. Yeah, sure. I've been thinking, Johnny, on the way out, you know,
1: we could really be terribly, terribly Herb. worried. Herbert, old man. Aram! We're just looking for you. Pull up! I thought it was Joe Barnwell. He's due here to show me final plans for the new stylo He's gone to. Well, oh, Mr. Dollar.
2: Yeah, that's right, Mister Armenian. I want to apologize for. Yeah, what's the matter? That dressing on your cheek. What about it? Just what is that little bandage hiding, Johnny? Well, Armenian.
1: As a matter of fact, I cut myself shaving this morning. Well,
2: I'm sorry, Mister, but that bandage is going to have to come off.
1: Look, Johnny. Now, just a minute, Dollar.
2: Ah, here you are, here. Here's the final blueprint for
1: this. Why, a wrong, Joe? Oh, uh, gentlemen, this is Mr. Joseph Barnwell, Herb Carlbert. We know each other. And Mr. Johnny Dollar.
2: Yeah. I think we know each other, too, Barnwell. Huh. Oh,
1: do we? Joe, do you have an accident of some sort? Your face.
2: What's going to happen to him now won't be any accident, Mr. Emenian. And I apologize for doubting that you cut yourself with a razor. What? I'm afraid I don't understand. But that bandage on your face doesn't hide any razor cut, does it, Barnwell? Well, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, then let's rip it off. You certainly won't. Good heavens, Johnny! Yeah, look. The mark from the ring on my hand where I struck him last night. Okay, Barnwell. Now, now stop! Don't, don't touch me. Start talking. <laughs> Tell Aminian how you burned up his fancy, expensive silo so you could build another one. Oh, you burned the other one up. Talk.
0: I swear i
1: Talk. 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 Talk.
2: Yeah, he talked all right plenty. About a rank so old I hadn't heard of it in years. A crooked builder who burned out his own plants to get himself more work. And in this case, a natural. Because he was the only one who shared Aram's secret construction plans. And by the time I was through with him, he blabbed about some of the other clients he'd taken the same way. Expense account total, including incidentals and the trip back to Hartford, $418 even. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Our star, Bob Bailey, will return in just a moment
1: to give you a hint
2: about what's in store for you on next week's program. Meantime, listen carefully. There is a biblical verse which promises life is going to be better for everybody in the world when mercy and truth are met together and righteousness and peace have kissed each other. When the people of the United States of America express that thought, it is not in idleness, but in deeds. Today, it is common knowledge that when the gigantic earthquakes and tidal waves struck the Republic of Chile in South America not too long ago, thousands of lives were lost and tens of thousands were left homeless, hungry and suffering. Immediate aid in the form of food, medicine, clothing, supplies and professional and technical help were flown to Chile by the United States Air Force in a Mercy airlift. When the work was done and the suffering people made happier and more comfortable, American servicemen received such grateful thanks from the people of Chile that they felt increased pride in being able to wear the uniform of the United States of America. This same pride has come to other Americans in uniform when mercy and truth have come together to follow the wake of disaster in other parts of the world. After the earthquake in Agadir, Morocco, after two devastating cyclones swept across the Bay of Bengal into East Pakistan, after a typhoon rocked and battered Japan, As mercy and truth got together, so did peace and righteousness to form a pact for freedom, the right of all men,
1: everywhere. And now here's our star to tell you about next week's intriguing story on yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Next week,
2: while I get into cattle country again, and a Hereford steer solves a case for me. So join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Hollywood, It's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Uh, howdy, Mr. Dollar. My name is Jake Denham. I own a cattle ranch out here in Craig, Colorado. How would you like to come out here and see me? Colorado? That's right. I have a policy with one of your companies, Tri-Western, office over in Denver.
2: Well, what seems to be the trouble, Mr. Denham?
1: Uh, trouble? Oh, oh, nothing like that, not at all.
2: Then why have you called me?
1: Well, you see, the brand I use in my beef cattle is a Lazy J.D.,
2: Yeah, you said your name is Jake Denham.
1: That's right. But J.D. is your initials, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And the lazy part fits me to a T. But now, why have you called me?
1: Well, you see, I listen to your radio program every week. All those insurance cases you handle all over the country. Glad to hear it. And I just... Well, I thought the lazy J.D. being your initials, too, and and, uh, all the local color out here, and... Well, maybe you'd like to come and get some local atmosphere for one of your stories.
2: Oh, now, wait a minute, Mr. Denham. If you have some insurance matter you'd like me to investigate... Oh,
1: no, 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 no. I told you why I thought you ought to come. So, can you? Right away?
2: You sure there's nothing wrong out there?
1: No, like I said, a lot of local color. Nice place to stay here at the ranch. Now, how about it?
2: Well, I've a couple of days' work on some reports to finish up.
1: Then right after that, huh? Well... Good, the... good. I'll be waiting for you. Goodbye. Uh,
2: look... And everything's really okay, huh?
1: Goodbye. Hmm.
2: Mr. Denham, I think you're lying through your teeth. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly,
1: Johnny Dollar. And now, act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Tri-Western Life and Casualty Insurance Company Home Office, Denver, Colorado. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the bum steer matter. Expense account item one, 370, long distance call to Hal Versky, my contact at Tri-Weston in Denver.
1: Johnny, good to hear from you. Are you out in this neighborhood? I'm nope,
2: still in Hartford. Hal, I want you to okay an expense account for me.
1: Well, now that depends. Listen, do
2: you know a client of yours by the name of Jake Denham?
1: As I recall, he owns a big cattle ranch over near the little town of, uh, Craig. Uh-huh. It carries a straight life for something like 40000 50000
2: Well, look, I got a phone call from him begging me to come out there and see him.
1: Oh? Something wrong? He
2: says not, but I don't believe him.
1: Well, have you any reason to think something is wrong?
2: Well, only the half-baked excuse he gave me for wanting to see me. Look, Hal, I realize this is just a hunch, but... It
1: certainly sounds like it to me.
2: But my hunches have saved your company a lot of dough on occasion. So how about it?
1: Okay. Put it this way. You run into something out there and clear it up, we'll pay the freight. If not, well, you just go ahead and have yourself a vacation at your own expense, okay?
2: Oh, now, why don't you relax that iron grip on the purse strings for a change, huh? Why? What would you do? Okay, okay, but I warn you, Hal, if this does turn into a case for your company, my expense account is gonna knock you right off your feet. Oh, now, wait. I'm Bye-bye. Gonna... Johnny! <laughs> It took me nearly four days to clear up the reports I had to finish. I wish now it hadn't, but I'd left Hartford immediately. Expense account item two, $133. Plane fare and all the incidentals I could think of, Hartford to Denver. I got there shortly after 7 a.m. Item three, $50, deposit on a drive-your-own car, in which I promptly headed north and west on Highway 40. That is, after getting out of the traffic in Denver itself, and believe me, that town has it. The 200-mile drive to Craig was routine. Except for the lush green hills, the snow-topped mountains, the vast meadows and forests. Colorful Colorado, they call it. And it sure is. Finally, about noon, I pulled into Craig and stopped at the cosgrove Hotel for lunch. That's item 4, 350. From the waitress, I got directions to the Lazy J.D. Ranch.
1: About eight miles south on the Amper River, just off Route 789. You want some dessert?
2: Oh, no thanks. This is fine.
1: Hey, you, uh, you one of the relatives?
2: Relatives? Oh, of course not. You're too late. Too late for what? It was real beautiful,
1: though. Half the town turned out for it, and most of the big ranchers. What are you talking about?
3: Oh, my gosh, it's after 1.30. Look, I'm not supposed to be on duty now, and I got a date with my boyfriend. Okay, hey, well, now... Excuse me, now, I to Now, wait a go. second. Just pay the cashier in the lobby. Well, but
2: look, I... Okay. I paid my check to the cashier, went out to my car, climbed in, and headed for the lazy J.D. There must have been several thousand acres to the ranch, all rich, green, healthy-looking pasture land, and Lord knows how many head of beef cattle. The main ranch house was a rather small but well-kept affair near the gate to the road from the highway. And then I saw it. A long piece of black crepe hanging on the doorframe. Yes? I, uh, how do you do? My name is Dollar, Johnny Dollar.
3: Oh, Johnny Dollar. Why didn't you come before? What? He begged you to come, didn't he? To come right away?
2: Mr. Denham? Yes, but I then told him... Then why
3: didn't you? You might have saved him. Saved him? Yes, saved him. We buried him this morning, and I think he was murdered.
4: Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. The American writer Christopher Morley once wrote When you sell a man a book, you don't sell him just. 12 ounces of paper, ink, and glue. You sell him a whole new way of life, unquote. Now that goes double when you give, not sell, a book. But the gift of 550 books to little children increases the legacy tenfold. Near the end of 1960, the employees of the Chase Manhattan Bank started a people-to-people program with such a gift to school children of a town in Tanganyika. That's on the southeast coast of Africa. To give you an idea how the books were received by the children, let me first quote from Francis Bacon. He's an English writer of a few centuries back. He said, some books are to be tasted, others to be swallowed, and some few to be chewed and digested. In the past, children in Tanganyika may have done a little tasting and chewing and a little swallowing and digesting, but there's one certain thing. They wound up devouring the books they received from the United States, and they did so much of it that they, the ones in high school anyway, were able to reach the level of English children their age and pass the exams at the same time. That takes a lot of book learning, as they say. Now, the gift of these books from the United States of America may have seemed a small thing to the senders, but the boys in Tanganyika who received them know that they've opened a whole new way of life. They've greatly increased understanding in the classroom of freedom, the right of all men everywhere. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Bum Steer Matter
2: tall, beautiful girl standing in the doorway of the ranch house at the lazy J.D. outside of Craig, Colorado, was dressed in black. The red about her eyes showed that she'd been crying. But there were no tears in them now.
3: Jake Denham was my father, Mr. Dollar. I'm Virginia.
2: And you think he was murdered?
3: Why do you think he called and begged you to come out here?
2: Any idea who might have done it?
3: Yes. Big Mike.
2: Mike Craven. Who's he?
3: He owns the Sea Lucky Star and wants to own every other ranch around here, and he will unless somebody stops him.
2: How did your father die?
3: anthrax. That's what they said it was.
2: I thought that was a disease of cattle.
3: People, too. They get infected from the cattle.
2: And that's what happened to your father?
3: That's what they say. But there's no anthrax around here. Our ranch is clean.
2: Look, let's go inside and sit down and talk about this.
3: Sure, I'll talk about it. If only somebody will listen. In here, John.
2: Oh, thanks. Are you, uh, all alone?
3: Now that Dad's gone, he and I ran the ranch. Now it's up to me. Sit down.
2: Thank you, Virginia, were you trying to tell me out there that you think somebody tried to infect your herd with anthrax?
3: What would you think?
2: Who is your father's doctor?
3: Dr.
0: Regis Ross from in town. Who are you?
2: my name is Dollar,
0: insurance investigator. Say, you fellows act pretty fast, don't you? Sometimes. Feeling all right now, honey? I guess so. I told the hands that you're in full charge now. They'll take their orders from you. Or from me.
3: Or from... Sure. Sure, I guess that's best. Thank you, Pete.
0: They might as well get used to it, because after we're married... Look, honey, why wait any longer? I know this is a bad time to talk about it. Yes, But I also know, and you know, that this is no time for you to try to go it alone.
3: But what about your medical school?
0: I'll give it up. This is a lot more important than... You're a lot more important. Oh, look, Jenny, you've stalled me for a long, long time. I know,
3: Pete, because I... Don't you see I can run this ranch alone? No.
0: You need me, honey. And I'm here to help you. Do you know how Dad felt? Sure. That all I wanted was this ranch. The same as he felt about anybody else who ever came here. Just who are you, Pete?
3: This is Pete Kermer, Johnny, my fiancé, I guess.
2: That's right. Didn't I see a Kermer ranch on the way out here, a small one?
0: That's right. My paws. He's Carl Kermer. Well, what do you think caused the death of Virginia's dad? Just what everybody says, Mr. Dollar. Galloping anthrax from that Hereford.
3: Then why did he send for Mr. Dollar to come?
0: I'm afraid we'll never know, honey.
3: Well, I do. It's because he knew something was going to happen to him.
0: Where is that steer now? Buried. On orders from the vet and the state inspector. Uh, Mr. Dollar. Yeah? You said investigator. Hadn't you better talk to Dr. Ross? Yeah, I
2: guess so. Want to let me have his address?
0: Sure. I'll write it down for you. And,
2: uh, while you're at it, Tell me where I can find the veterinarian and that state inspector, too. Huh?
0: Sure. Why not?
2: When I left them a few minutes later, Pete was still making a quiet, but I must say effective, pitch for Virginia's hand. Expense account item five, ten cents for a phone call to the state inspector. He told me he'd never seen the infected steer on the lazy JD, that he was confined to his bed at the time. I called the vet's office, and he was expected back shortly. So I sat around the hotel lobby and glanced over some magazines. And then, in one of them, I found an article that made my eyes fairly pop out of my head. Item six, I called the vet again. He was in. You caught me just in time, Mr. Dollar. I was about to drive over to the Sea Lucky Star Ranch for dinner. Mike Craven and I are old friends. That's so? Yes, ever since we roomed together at college. Oh, I see. I understand you're the man who spotted the anthrax out at the Lazy J.D. Yes, sir, that's right. Just that one Hereford. How it ever got to him, I'll never know. The rest of that herd's absolutely clean. That poor old Jake Denham, too. You think he became infected from that steer? Well, how else could it be? Galloping anthrax, just like that. Doctor, where is that steer buried, do you know? Yes, I had it buried myself. It's some miles out in the far corner of the lazy J.D. property. Then phone the Sea Lucky Star and call off your dinner date. You and I are going out to take a look at that carcass. Oh, well, now, just a minute, Jim. <clears throat> Investigator, did you say? you That's know? right. Uh-huh. I, I suppose you have some authority. What I don't have, I can get. Tell me, Doctor, is there some reason why you don't want me to see the carcass of that steer? No, 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 no. Well, that's, uh... <clears throat> Let's go. Along the way, we picked up two fellows who were handy with pick and shovel. It was almost dark now, so I bought a couple of powerful flashlights at one of the local hardware stores. That's item 7-925. It took a couple of hours for the two men to dig down to the carcass of the steer, but they finally exposed one flank of the unfortunate animal. You you sure planted this critter deep, Doc. There's part of him... Give us a few more minutes and we'll have... To... Uh, no, wait. Huh? Uh, Mr. Dollar, come down here into the hole. Sure. Well, what's the matter, Doc? The color of that carcass. The... I don't understand this. What are you talking about? Well, this doesn't make sense. The deterioration and putrefaction that always occurs, when it simply isn't here. You mean it's possible it wasn't anthrax killed this steer? But I'm sure that all the symptoms, the swellings in the subcutaneous connective tissues, in the interstices of the muscles and lymphatic glands, and in the membranes of the mouth and tongue, they were all there, and they were edematous too. I but some just... poison have possibly produced those poison. symptoms. Poison? Yeah. Look, I read in a magazine this afternoon that strychnia often produces symptoms very much like those of tetanus, lockjaw. Yes, that's true. But a poison that would... Good heavens. Yeah? Why, I haven't heard of it since my college days. Quintanogen sulfide. But why? Good question. Uh, No, Dollar. Because it wouldn't explain the death of old Jake Denham. If it was anthrax. What? Or was he poisoned too? Good heavens. You mean you think that... Wait a minute. Doctor, the brand on the rump of this animal. Well, oh, that's Denim's own brand, the Lazy Jade. Yeah, brand. but it looks to me like it was put on over another brand. Yes. Yes, you're right. Any way of finding out what the original brand was? No, no. Yes. Yes, Mrs. Dallas. The other side,
0: the inside of the hide,
2: might show it. Then, Doctor, you got a skinning job to do. All right. Uh, hand me my bag there, please. Okay, here you are. Go mm-hmm. to it, Doctor. Thank you. Oh. That poison's... How much to infect a man? Well, even uh, even a small scratch on the skin could absorb enough to be fatal. Uh, No wonder the Dr. Ross... Ross was the one who treated Jake Dynamite. Yeah, no wonder we couldn't understand why death came so... Well? No. Can you see what the original brand was? Yes. Yes, I can. I'm afraid so. Let me hold the light a little. Oh. I see. But I can't believe it, Mr. Dollar. Pretty clear, though, isn't it? See Lucky Star.
4: Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. A couple of thousand years ago, the ancient sage Diogenes remarked that all things are in common among friends. Well, they didn't mean that only material goods were in common among friends, but that they shared their troubles as well. For a long time, the United States Armed Forces have been a friend in time of need, during fires, floods, and pestilence all over the world. Many peoples of the earth have come to believe in the friendship which the U.S. military personnel have spread for so many years, and the calls for help they answer in time of personal emergency a response which has always been immediate. Not long ago, a Korean Buddhist nun was suffering from beriberi, an advanced form of acute malnutrition. But she was living in an isolated monastery deep in the Korean hills and valleys. Her sister nuns contacted the nearest Army Signal Corps relay station and wheels began turning. In no time, an Army helicopter landed at the station's helipad. American soldiers carried the stricken nun to the copter. She was flown to a waiting ambulance and whisked away to the hospital. Her recovery was rapid thanks to the United States Army, her newfound friends. Army helicopter men helped in many other ways. Over the 108 islands of the Ryukyus that spread from southern Japan to northern Formosa, Army helicopters are constantly whirling their blades as they hop from one island to another on missions of mercy. They bring food donated by American women on Okinawa, or they bring vital medicine to save a life. They also bring friendship and understanding and freedom, the right of all men everywhere. And now, act three of yours
1: truly, Johnny Dollar and the Bum Steer Matters.
2: pretty bad, doesn't it, Mr. Dollar? Yeah, Doc. It looks as though this Herbert Steer was brought over from the Sea Lucky Star, was rebranded with a Lazy J.D., was given the poison to make it look like it died of anthrax. Yeah, but Mike Clever, owns the Sea Lucky Star, I know him, Dollar. I've known him ever since our college days. Medical college? Oh, no. Just during the preparatory years. But, but Big
0: Mike couldn't have done a thing like this.
2: Big Mike has wanted to get his hands on the Lazy J.D. for years, has he? of
0: course, over a lot of other big ranches, but I'd take my life on it. He'd never do it. Hey, wait, wait, wait! Yeah. You should have taken that left turn to get to the Sea Lucky Star.
2: That's not where we're heading.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, then where? If I remember correctly, it's this road to the right here. Well, you mean the K Bar K? Got any better ideas? Well, I'll be. Hmm. Hmm. The ranch house is dark. It won't be for long. Would you call this a good ranch, Doc? No, old Carl has been just a hanger on He hasn't made the place pay for quite some... What's
1: going on out there? Who is it?
2: Johnny Dollar, Pete. Oh? I want to talk to you.
0: Oh, uh, sure. Door's open, I'll be right down.
2: Come on, Doc. Let's see if I can find the light switch. This flashlight will do. And we're going on upstairs. Huh?
0: Wait down there. I'll be right down.
2: We'll be right up.
0: Well, now, wait a minute, if you don't mind. Wow,
2: wow, wow. Nice place you have up here.
0: Look, I asked you to wait down... Dr. Cummings.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, Peter, but... This... How'd you make out with Virginia denim, Pete? Convince her to marry you? That's
0: not your business, Mr. Dollar. Now, just what do you want?
2: Pretty nice ranch to get your hands on, that lazy JD. I
0: beg your pardon. Hmm. Combination bedroom and study, huh? As Virginia told you, I've been going to college.
2: Yeah, medical school.
0: Nice set of books you have here. Of course, I'll have to give that up now.
2: Oh, you're going to have to give up a lot of things.
0: What? Where did you get
2: it, Pete? What was the name of that stuff, doctor?
0: Quintanogen Sulfur. What do you know about... Well... I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Then why the marker in this book on toxicology? Marker. That was a foolish thing to do, Pete, a dead
0: giveaway. Yeah, I told you. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yep, right here. Intelligent software. I
2: I, I never heard of it. You're lying, Pete. Uh, no. Giving it to that Hereford was probably a cinch. I you. But how did you give it to Jake Denham?
0: Dollar, that's something you'll never live to know.
2: Oh, look, now wait a minute. Put the thing away. No. Now stand back. I said look out. You... Stock. I I guess he'd forgotten all about you until you landed that chair on his head. Yes. Now, I suppose I'll have to patch this, uh, patch him up a bit. Oh, absolutely. He'll have to look nice for the trial, won't he, Doc? Mm-hmm. Expense account item 8, 55 Living expenses in Craig while waiting for the autopsy on Jake Denham. And yes, the same drug was used on him as on the Herford steer. A small bottle of the rare drug was found in Pete Kermer's trunk. So Pete's not only lost a chance for a nice ranch, but for living very long. Expense account total, including incidentals and fare back to Hartford, six eighteen fifty. Um. On second thought, how's about just sending that check to the community chest? Then I'll feel a little better about this case, and about myself too. Yours truly. Johnny Dollar. And now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, an old ghost town out in Montana. But one of the ghosts carries a 38 Colt. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.